What have we learned about Heidi? But cockroaches were the least of her problems. Heidi had to fight for every opportunity. You know, Heidi is, even though she's very kind of sweet and innocent. Heidi wanted out of the slum, and her agent wasn't doing enough. Oh, my God, they moved Heidi right next to me now. Although Heidi seems serene. She is, she's a bit naughty. She uses an ancient folk remedy to help calm her down. Heidi is back. Glouse here with Josh Gilbert, Connor over on the uh, board, and I just want to jump straight in and tell you everything we have because we've got a lot of good stuff to get to. First of all, you probably heard by now that Toby Keith, who is a uh, country music star, lost his battle with stomach cancer Monday, 62 years old, diagnosed two years ago. So I thought 62 years young. Yeah. I thought this is a great topic for Dr. Johar because we also have uh, Kate Middleton who just had some sort of abdominal surgery. So what do we need to know about that area of our bodies to keep us safe? What do we need to be checking? What are some symptoms to look for? Stomach cancer due to what we eat. I mean, if uh, throat cancer and mouth cancer is from, you know, doing dip. From what we put in our mouths, mm-hmm. you know, are we getting stomach cancer from stuff we're eating? I don't know. We'll talk to Dr. Johar. We'll also tell you all about Mayor's Mardi Gras Ball, which is Friday night. It is being called one of the biggest and the best social events of the season. So we'll tell you all about that because it is actually a party with a purpose. Have then, you been uh, I th- all your years in TV? I think I went one year. Covering events like I've been this. to a couple different Mardi Gras balls. I think I've only been to the mayor's ball once. I've never been, obviously. Uh, Why well, say obviously? Everybody's invited. Everyone's invited? Yeah. Is that true? Yes. I guess I'm guess I'm going to have an eye-opening experience when we talk to Mac Bradley. I kind of feel like you have one of those every day every on day? this show. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but the inside of City Hall... When you see it on TV or in pictures in the Post-Dispatch afterwards, what a beautiful building. It is, but I don't think the ball's there. I think the ball's at Union Station, and we can talk to— I feel like it's been at City Hall in the past. It has, but I don't think it is this year. Not this year, though. Yeah, and I don't know if it was last year or not, but I think it's the midway, probably because it's gotten so big, they need a bigger space for it. I thought one of the charming things about it, though, was the fact that it was at City Hall, and there's these apparently big staircases, and have you been inside? I have no business going inside Well, yeah, I'm a city resident, so when we had to put our— What do you do there? Well, uh, my license, my taxes if I need to, when we were going to do any— That's at City Hall? There's not like a, a satellite office no. for that? 
No. <laughs> huh. If we're going to go and renew your driver's license, if you need a permit, when we put in our swimming pool, we spend a lot of time at City Hall. Yeah, all of that. If you Ch- have any Tucker issues. Tucker and Market. Yes, Josh. Wow. I didn't. I thought that that was more like a, where the mayor and the offices well, and the everything office, were. The mayor is there, but there's all the other offices as well. If you're going to deal with any kind of permit or anything else going on in the city. Hmm. So, anyway, we'll talk to uh, Mac Bradley about that. In the 4 o'clock, chances are, every once in a while, you sit in your house and you look around and you think, oh, I'd really like to redo that. We're going to talk to Lauren Risley about some of the hottest kitchen trends, like What's hot in flooring? What about countertops? I feel like that changes every couple of years. Or the colors. Is wood grain in? But, you know, she's not only a real estate agent. She is a house flipper, and she really knows the ins and outs. And, of course, if you have a question for her, you can text the Woods Basement Systems text line 84126. saw this house online. It was for sale, and it was covered in that green marble, mm-hmm. which was probably like top of the line. At a certain point. In the late 80s or early 90s. But now it's like, oh, how do you how do you switch all of that out? Money. And I know. And what do you do with all of that great marble? It's just it's the wrong color. Or is for, it? For There's probably a way that you work in. Something else, there might be another way that you save that and you lighten up the cabinets or, but we'll talk to Lauren about it. And we moved into our house. This is my first question for Lauren. The microwave is built into the island, but it's like shin height. It's like, it's like where my knees are. Uh And obviously they put it in and we're using it now, but is that a thing? Low microwaves. Well, I know we have a couple of friends that have one that's a little bit lower, but also one that like slides out, which is oh, that would be cool, kind of cool. But we'll talk about all of those trends. Then we'll also get you ready for the Super Bowl this Sunday, and either some things that you can make yourself or some grab-and-go items because we are talking to the director of meat operations at Deerberg. So what are some of the easy things and then what are some of the other things that you might not know about there at the uh, meat department at Deerberg's? In the 5 o'clock, we got the top five at 5. I don't know if you saw this or not. This caught my attention. There's an ESPN, Fox, TNT, TBS forming this big sports streamer. So, again, as everybody complains about, oh, we're going to have to pay to watch X, Y, and Z game, what does this mean? We'll talk to ABC News correspondent uh, Jason Nathanson to explain that. Then we'll wrap this show up with some randoms. But here's what I want to know. Are you going to bet, and Josh, I'm not asking you. I know that you're going to bet. Are you going to bet on the Super Bowl, are you going to bet on any of the the fun prop bets? Are you going to do a squares? Are you betting at all? Because a quarter of people will bet on the Super Bowl this year. Do squares count? That counts. Yeah, right? that's a bet. Okay, are you going to bet? I probably are you will. Get in on some squares. Yeah, I mean, if it's not squares, definitely some of the fun 
prop bets. Like, will Jason Kelsey have a, a shirt, shirt. on? <laughs> is, that, is that one of them? Yeah. It's well, got to be one of them. It, here's some of the most popular bets for the, and, you know, these are kind of funny, but one of them is what quarter will Jason Kelsey take a shirt off? Take a shirt off. Mm. Uh, how many times will Tony Romo react to an amazing play just over the top? Uh, well, who's... Whose definition of over the top are we talking about here? Well, this is very true. Someone said that they won't put a bet on how many times they show Taylor Swift because that can be manipulated by the producer, the director, and the camera people. Uh Uh-huh. Very interesting. So I will definitely uh, be participating a little bit. Coin coin flip. Coin flip. How long is the... uh, National I was about to bring it up. It's one of my favorites. The anthem? How long it is? How long the anthem is every year. Is uh, there a, a Sharps version or way of So the of line this year thing? is 90 and a half seconds. Is that long or Heidi, short? Heidi, it's Reba McIntyre. It'll be a little is bit she, longer. So you, oh, think you think it'll think be so? longer? Oh, wow. They're setting it low. You know, the average national anthem at the Super Bowl is 103 and a half seconds. Mm-hmm. And this so is, this this is, is a 13 not, this is seconds. 13 seconds below that. So they think she'll be fast. Wow. Fast compared to that. Fast you compared to that. Be yes. You think it'll be a little. I just think she's going to draw out a couple of things. I okay. will say this: when I worked uh, game day for the Rams, I did that for ten years on Sundays, like up in the jumbotron. You and Jim Holder. Yeah. For a while, it was my job to tap Jim Holder's shoulder and say, "Read," because God love him, he refused to put on a headset. Ah, he no. wanted. Yeah, really? that's he the reason. To hear? He wanted to hear, he wanted to be part of it. And so, thanks to him, I had a job to just kind of throw the script in front of him and go, now, like, let's go. Because you only have so many minutes to get all of those ads on the Jumbotron. People kind of forget that that's its own, you know, commercial in studio. But we would get there if it was a noon game. We'd have to show up at 8 in the morning because you have to go through so many different things and you're practicing. But one of the things we always did was a rehearsal with the national anthem singer to time it to see how much time we had. Wow. During the. That's how that's how it's interesting because somebody knows exactly how long that is going to be. So talk about it could be, you know massaged a little bit mm-hmm. that one could definitely be because there's no way they're going into that not knowing exactly to the second what reba is going to sing that in and if reba goes real quick with it like like the chipmunk style mm-hmm. of singing as, that you'll know that she put about a hundred grand on it y- yeah <laughs> so crazy but a record 67.8 million americans are expected to bet on the Super Bowl, and that is 26% of adults. Now, we don't have sports gambling in Missouri for whatever reason. I don't understand it. But uh, every state around us either has it or is getting it. Mm-hmm. But I was watching 60 Minutes, and they had, uh, is it John Wertheim? He was doing a story, and he worked for the Tennis Network. And he said, full disclosure, the desk I sit at at the Tennis Network is a DraftKings sports desk. And it's it just pointed out how it's everywhere. 
and they had a couple of of um, people on therapists and everything that help people with gambling addiction. Mm-hmm. It really is an addiction when you look in and see what some people are actually betting Absolutely. on. Absolutely. They, they'll wake up, they'll set an alarm for two o'clock in the morning yeah. because there's some basketball game over in Asia. Oh, Kathleen Madigan has a great joke about betting on cricket, just things that she has no idea about and setting an alarm to go bet on something. No, that's a, does she do that? Yeah, I mean it's it's a funny bit. Does she is she into sports? Maybe we should find gambling? that. Oh, yes. Kathleen? Mm-hmm, I don't think she'd care. I think she has plenty of jokes about it that she wouldn't mind me saying that. When the uh pandemic hit, they really shut they shut down the NCAA tournament and then I think the NBA went out and then, you know, the whole thing. And so there was at one point the only thing you could bet on was um, basketball in Scotland. The Glasgow Rocks were playing the, you know, Edinburgh Claymores. And you're like, well, it's the only action in town. Yeah. So See, I found uh, go mar- marble racing. <laughs> marble they racing. roll marbles down the, the but track. This is, this is sick. This is a sickness, right? And I don't want to make light of it because... You know, I like to partake in it myself, and I'll probably make a couple of prop. I have no idea who's going to win. I don't even want to bet on it because I want the Chiefs to win, but I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I'll put a, a, probably a couple prop bets out there. You know, will Taylor Swift wear a hat? Uh, will Usher, you know, do something? Take his shirt off. Yeah. He'll probably take his shirt off. I think you can off. bet. Well, this goes back to Heidi's point, but you can bet like what songs will show up on the set list, mm-hmm. which obviously somebody knows. So right, that, that's what, yeah. and somebody pointed out, and this is a, a great point on the Woods Basement Systems text line eight four one two six. Also, with the national anthem, it has to be within a certain time frame because there's the military flyover, and it's the Thunderbirds this year. So I mean, you ha- all of that has to be known in advance. Oh, when she gets done. Do you think any of that's tape delayed or is that timed? I would say it's timed. Wow. As far I looked as it, it because, up and she's sung the national anthem before mm-hmm. and it's always quick. Oh. It's always quick. Yeah. So, they know uh, what they're doing. So mm. Maybe hit the under, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going tails, though. Somebody said, I still don't understand how in the world Missouri has casinos, but no other Gambling. Matter of fact, uh, when you were talking about this, Josh, 38 states and Washington, D.C. currently have live legal sports betting. 38 That means we are one of 12. Yeah. Who don't have it for some reason. Mm-hmm. After seeing that 60 Minutes piece, though, I'm, I'm, I might vote against it. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl Sunday is the second biggest eating day of the year. Right after Thanksgiving. And I saw an interesting recipe. So deviled eggs can be I either loved love them. or hated. For, I love them as well. For the first 30 years of my life, I was afraid of them. Okay. Now I love them. But if you are where Josh was in his first 30 years... Somebody has created deviled tots. So basically, it's a deviled egg, but it's a tater tot instead of the 
egg white. Instead of the egg white? Mm-hmm. So you still have the filling, the filling, which is really what good is, stuff. What is that filling made of? Well, it I've, depends. I've, I've you never can do made, it. Isn't it made out of egg? Egg. The, well, yeah, it's the yolk, but right. it, there's also got to be some sort of mustard in there maybe. Well, it depends. It could be mayonnaise. It could be mustard. It could be blue cheese. I mean, people make them. That's what I mean. You put it in the little piping thing, like you do with the with the cake. You can, you know, and you. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's what makes deviled eggs so good. Is there's so many different recipes, like this one for these tots. It has mayo, mustard, wasabi, or mm. prepared horseradish, mm. little pickle juice, and then you kind of just put a dollop. On top of these tater tots, which sounds pretty darn good. Somebody said love them with a green olive on top. Deviled eggs? Mm -hmm. You ever had scotch eggs? Which is a deviled egg, but it's deep fried? Mm -hmm. I think that... that, Is it a deviled egg or it's just a hard-boiled egg? I thought it was like a deviled egg. It's not at uh, square one. Oh, really? Uh -uh, It's just a hard-boiled kind of... Deep fried? Yes. Man, I, I think deviled egg is good. I don't know if we need to be deep fried. Not everybody, everything needs to be deep fried. Isn't it always better? This isn't a a state fair. (laughs) Not everything is better. I don't know. I think people would disagree. Somebody said a flyover, a domed stadium. Number one, I think that you can kind of, it's transparent. I don't know if you could, even if you're in a regular stadium, it's going to be hard to see the flyover. Yeah. But I thought about this when I was watching the Grammys and everybody was getting up and leaving while Billy Joel was closing the show out playing one more song. The Super Bowl and the Grammys aren't for the people there. It's for the television viewing audience. So that flyover, even if it's a dome stadium or an open air, it's for us watching on TV. Mm-hmm. I would argue more than the 80,000 people that bought a ticket for the game. Yeah. Um, a lot of people weighing in about deviled egg, salt and smoked deviled egg with a bacon uh, on top. Yummy. I agree. They're my favorite deviled eggs. Deviled eggs with bacon, chopped pickled jalapenos. Spectacular. Somebody said they're so good, but I hate making them. Another uh, smoked deviled eggs with candied bacon Ooh, on top. Candied bacon anything. Yeah. You've got my attention. Back to a couple of interesting Super Bowl facts. Each team... Gets 108 Super Bowl footballs. Isn't that kind of crazy? Each handcrafted at the Wilson Football Factory in Ohio. To, to as, as souvenirs? No, to switch out. When you're, I mean, How many footballs does a team go through a game? They probably have a, a bag. I mean, even high school teams go through a quite a few. Yeah. Does C, your your brother in law is the coach of CBC? Mm-hmm. Do they have footballs that they because you watch a, a Mizzou game, and when Mizzou's on offense, the the laces are yellow, and there's a big tiger head on the side. Yeah. And then when Ohio State was on offense, it's their football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, each team uses their own And balls. the same in high school. They and the same in high school. Yeah, yeah. now I, I don't know that it says CBC on it, but I know that each team uses their own footballs. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the average price for the first Super Bowl, $6 a ticket. Mm. And it wasn't even a sellout. 
Of course, the average price for this year is around $9,800. The first two Super Bowls were actually titled AFL-NFL World Championship Game, not Super Bowl. Well, that's like uh, they called it the Great War, uh, but in retrospect, they're well. well, Let's call it World War One. The it was in L.A. at the Coliseum, and I believe both NBC and CBS aired it. Oh, I didn't know that. They simulcast it on both stations because they didn't. It wasn't that big of a deal back then. Yeah. You know, commercials for for that game were only dollars. No, uh, actually, I can tell you yeah, what wait, they were. Yeah, it's, I saw the number. Right, like, if tickets for were, Super Bowl three, tickets were six bucks. This is three, not the very first one. A thirty second TV spot for a commercial cost thirty thousand dollars. Chump change. Yeah, I'd I like probably... to know who bought that then, though, because probably there were companies that thought it was crazy to buy a Super Bowl ad for thirty grand. And maybe it kind of launched their product. All right. I'm looking at this here from last year. The team that wins, the players on that team earn an extra $157,000. And Just the the players or the front office does too? I know front office, they all get... Super Bowl rings, because I have a friend that worked for the Rams that has a beautiful Super Bowl ring. And they ring. didn't ever see the field. Bigger than her hand. Uh, this is the Players Association, so these the NFLPA. Okay. The losing team players earned $82,000 last year. So all shabby. the Philadelphia Eagles, Jason Kelsey, got $82,000. Yeah. So I think it... it is bumped. it an average, or is it just a flat? No, flat. Flat. If you're on the roster, 55-man, I wonder mm-hmm. what the coach... Did the coaches get something? I think so. Um, but that, you know, so even if you lose the Super Bowl, you're not going away empty-handed. No, no, you're not. <laughs> it's 3.31. We need to check in with Captain Paul Kopsky, find out what the roads look like. Captain Paul, will you be placing any bets you know, this I'm Sunday? Not, I'm not a gambler, so no betting for me. Sometimes in the past, I've done those squares at yeah. the house. Captain Paul, will you be eating any deviled eggs this weekend? No deviled eggs, but uh, lots of uh, KC barbecue, I think. Oh, okay. Can you? Where do you get Kansas City barbecue in St. Louis? Eight four one two six. In traffic news, the latest is a three-vehicle crash on the westbound 64 exit to southbound 270. It doesn't look to be causing a big slowdown on either 64 or 270. There's debris in the roadway on 44 East past Bowles. We have stalled cars on 64 West at McKnight and on the westbound 64 exit to Boone's Crossing. And look for ramp closures until 5 p.m. today on 55 South to 255 East and on 55 North to 270 North. This traffic report is brought to you by Neighbors Credit Union. Neighbors Credit Union is celebrating leap year in the 29 days of this February by adding 0.29% APY to any new certificate of deposit opened this month. That's an additional 0.29% APY on top of Neighbors' already great CD rates. Open your account online today at NeighborsCU.org. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. Well, I told you we're going to talk to Lauren about some kitchen trends. But before you go and, you know, have somebody take a sledgehammer to your walls, you might want to know that you're dealing with a reputable 
company. And an easy way to do that is to just look for the BBB accredited. It's so easy. I mean, home improvement, business, when you're dealing with that especially, at least in in my opinion, really customers – want a peace of mind before you have complete strangers walking in and ripping out everything. And that's what the Better Business Bureau can do. I mean, if you're going through, say, even five companies, don't you want, you know, one of them to have that A stamped right beside it saying Better Business Bureau ranks me an A. I mean, that's I'm going to look at it, and I tell you this, I'm not going to go with a company that has a C or a D. I really want to make sure that I'm dealing with the best of the best. You can go to BBB.org because BBB really is the sign of a better business. And if you're on the flip side of that, if you're running a business, know that people are looking for that sign that says, yes, this company is trustworthy, and that's what BBB can do. You can learn more about that because as a member, you'll have access to a wide range of resources and support from marketing and networking opportunities to even dispute resolution services. They really are there to help you build your business. So go to BBB.org. You can also call 314-645-3300 to learn more. The BBB, the sign of a better business. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. No pills gonna kill my ill. I got a bad case of loving you. Well, Toby Keith, the popular country singer, died Monday night after a battle with stomach cancer. Kate Middleton is recovering from abdominal surgery. So what do we need to know about that area of our bodies? Dr. Ravi Johar, Chief Medical Officer with United Healthcare, is here with some advice. Thanks for joining us once again. Well, my pleasure to be with you guys today. Hope everything's going well. It is. I mean, when the sun is finally shining, we are happy here. But let's jump in. And, and it's Super Bowl week. I, Everyone's right? happy on that week. So true. How common is stomach cancer? Well, for most of the early 20th century, stomach cancer was actually the most common cause of death in the United States. Oh. It's now way down on the list. It's about uh, the fifth most common cancer in the United States now. Only about 1.5% of uh, new cancers in the U.S. are are stomach cancers. That's around 27,000 cases a year. And um, is that because about eleven thousand of those? Um, there's about eleven thousand deaths from stomach cancer a year. Is that because we know better and we do better? Is it because other cancers have, you know, taken a leapfrog jump and they're just more popular? Why is that? Well, I think we're seeing more of other cancers. But the great thing about stomach cancer is that its rate has been decreasing about one and a half percent a year over the last ten years. So that's brought it way down. Um, so I think that's been one of the things that's really made a big difference is yeah. uh, the decrease in stomach cancers. What are the risks when it comes to stomach cancers? What what should we be doing differently to kind of minimize our risk? Sure. There's a couple things. Number one, the, the leading cause of stomach cancer is something called H. pylori bacteria. It's a bacteria that uh, occurs in the stomach and can actually lead to stomach ulcers. It's the biggest thing that causes that. Um, we've got great new treatments for it, so antibiotics, and that's probably been the single biggest decrease in why uh, 
stomach cancers got down. The other thing is that in the um, you know like the early 20th century, all the foods were heavily uh, salted and cured and processed um, and smoked, and so that is also one of the other really big factors that goes into that. It's uh, eating a lot of smoked and processed foods. Now I know that Josh was talking about loving his candied bacon. Um, I don't know if the candying part of it helps with that, but if he ate that every day, he would be at risk for things. Yeah, well, so those are a couple of the biggest things. Let's bring that up because you know you are what you eat. But uh, is that med- is that medically true, Doctor Johar? Um, I'm not sure how you mean that. Does, does, if you does eat, uh, t- whatever we eat is that what affects our stomach cancer? Is that really uh, what's going on there? If we have abdominal issues, the whole stomach section just kind of seems like it, it has to play with our food. But is that true? Well, we do know that processed foods, smoked foods, and, and salted, really salty foods have had a dramatic effect on stomach cancer. So that part is definitely true. But there's other things, you know, cooking and storing your foods properly to avoid getting some of these bacteria makes a big part of it, too. Uh, being physically active helps decrease things. Avoiding uh, tobacco. That's another leading cause of stomach cancer. So you have to avoid that. And uh, alcohol abuse also factors into that. So those are some things that, that definitely are part of it. So quitting smoking, um, eating a healthier diet, a lot more vegetables and fruits uh, makes a difference. Uh, also, there's some genetic things going there. We know that men get stomach cancer about 60% uh, more than women. So oh. 60-40 split between uh, men and women. And we know that in the uh, world, uh, the Asian men are probably the highest risk for uh, stomach cancer. Hmm. White women are probably the least. Wow. What are the symptoms? What do we look for? That's what's really kind of uh, a little scary with stuff because the symptoms are are very, very common things. Um, Stomach cancer, uh, things like heartburn, indigestion, uh, changes in appetite, nausea and vomiting, uh, getting full after eating just a very small amount of food. Um, those are the things that really kind of go along with that. Then, you know, as it gets a little bit more, you can have things like unintentional weight loss, um, low uh, blood blood counts, uh, anemia, because you start to have uh, bleeding in the GI tract. Uh, so things of that sort uh, are a little bit later along. But the first symptoms are, are very, very common. And I think that's one of the reasons that stomach cancer is usually not caught until it's uh, quite an advanced stage, like unfortunately happened with uh, you mentioned processed meats, and I know within the last couple of years, that's been a big one that we've seen on the news. And my understanding of it is things like hot dogs and salami and pepperoni, things that aren't you know necessarily naturally occurring. But what technically is a processed meat, and how bad is it really for us? That's something that's been reconstituted, or like I said, hot dogs are a prime example of it. Is, is one that, you know, you don't know what other additives are in there, what all is mixed together, things of that sort. I think, I think you need to be really careful. It's, it's something that's been taken and then has been worked in some way, manipulated. Uh, that sounds almost negative, but it's not. That, that you've done something with that. It's not like you've just taken a piece of steak yeah. or something of that sort. And is it something where I probably don't want to eat hot dogs every day, but am I supposed to be avoiding them completely a salami a salami any, sandwich anything that you, 
I think if you ate that every day, then we'd have a concern. But if you ate it every now and then, you have a, a very balanced diet. I don't think you have to worry about eating hot dogs every now and then or salami sandwiches or candied bacon. I don't think that's an issue. But if it's something that you eat every single day, then you need to be a little bit more aware of your symptoms and, and any problems that you might develop. So you hated the doctor just said candy bacon. <laughs> Doc, <laughs> Dr. Johar, somebody on our text line from the 618 said they keep hearing advertisements for asking your doctor about EPI. What is EPI? Do you know? EPI? Is it a medication? No, I'm, I'm trying to think of what EPI okay. could be. Yeah, I didn't know I either. So, okay, while you think about that one, as for the princess, Kate Middleton, why yeah. does someone have abdominal surgery? I mean, I'm sure there are a plethora of reasons, but what are three of the most common? And it, it's tough to say because you really don't know what they mean when they talk about abdominal surgery. That can really be anything between your neck and your pelvic bone. Um, it could be something as simple as a uh, hernia in the abdominal wall. It could be that there's something with the bowels and needed some kind of bowel resection. It could be something in the muscles. It could be something in the GI tract, or it could be something that's outside the stomach and GI tract altogether and is um, something else that's that's in the abdomen. Um, So it's really tough to speculate. Um, You know, I think everyone was given a little pause when they announced ahead of time that she was going to be in the hospital for two weeks for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't know how much of that is because she's, you know, the future queen of England, and they just said, hey, we want to have you stay in the hospital until you're really ready to go up and down those, you know, bazillion stairs they have in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Good point. Or, you know, instead of the, um, in, in the U.S. where it's more, you know, heal at home and be in your own house, um, they may have just said, you know, we're going to keep you here for a couple of weeks until you're really fully recovered. Let you rest and they took out. not be a mom yeah. chasing kids. At what point do we become concerned? I mean, I'm thinking right now we have colonoscopies, we have mammograms, but is there anything that we can do just as a normal kind of stomach check? Well, unfortunately, um, with the uh, with this, uh, there's no screening test for stomach cancer. You have to go on the basis of your symptoms, and when you start to feel like, hey, something just feels off, or, you know, you have that heartburn that just doesn't go away when you take some, some antacids or a, you know, proton pump inhibitor or something of that sort. Then, um, then you have to be going in and getting tested. And, and the common test that we'll do to look for stomach cancers and issues like that is something called an upper endoscopy. Uh, and that's where they take a small tube and pass it down through your throat and take a look at your stomach and, and upper intestine uh, with that camera. And that really lets you look to see what could be going on and take a biopsy to see if there is any H. pylori infections or things of that sort. So there's no screening test. The best thing we can do to prevent stomach cancer is um, is having a good diet, uh, exercising, the, the standard things that we try to do in general, and then being aware of your symptoms and if you have problems. Oh, yeah. And I did look up EPI. That's, um, that's an endocrine uh, insufficiency, and that's usually caused by... Uh, that can cause slow emptying of the stomach uh, of the food. So the undigested food is just kind of sitting in your stomach. And that's leading to an area that people are researching because there's a question of um, that's, that's how some of the medications like Ozempic and things like that work. There's, they delay the emptying of the stomach. Could this be causing problems down the road? 
Got so that's yeah. something that researchers are going to be watching carefully. What does our pancreas do? The pancreas, well, the biggest thing the pancreas does is it releases um, uh, medications like insulin is the most common one. But the pancreas also release, releases other medications that help motility of the food to get through. Got it. And we are running out of time, but somebody else texted in and said, I had a good friend who was from China. Uh, he ate a lot of smoked meats. Both he and his wife died of stomach cancer. And uh, this might be a topic for next time or a future show, but we've talked about sickle cell being uh, much more prevalent in the African-American communities. Are we all the same inside or are we kind of built differently depending on where we're from? And maybe uh, Asian cultures just eat a lot more smoked meats than we do. But, you know, doctor, how, how would you explain that Asians have uh, more prevalency of stomach cancer than not? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the biggest thing is culture. So what, what do we eat? What are lifestyles and things of that sort? Um, I think... The base, and then you also look at some kind of hereditary things. If there's a uh, genetic trait in your family, then it's going to be more common. Um, so in that, in your particular family, so that can make a difference also. But for the most part, you know, it's a great philosophical question. But for the most part, it is it is more. Uh, it's not that we're different. It's the culture and what we're mm-hmm. exposed to. What we do, for example, you see someone who emigrates. They will start uh, from Japan or, or the southeast where they had very low problems with osteoporosis and things. But when they came to the United States, they had all the problems with uh, menopausal symptoms and osteoporosis and things that they weren't getting in their country when they were there. So I think it's much more the, the culture of, of what we do and uh, society versus something intrinsic within the body itself. Very yeah. interesting. Dr. Robbie Johar, always great chatting with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. All right, it is uh, 3.51. Let's check back in with Captain Paul Kopsky, see what the roads look like. Okay, thank you, Heidi. There's heavy volume on 64 West at Clayton and Lindbergh. A stalled vehicle on the eastbound 64 exit to northbound 170 has the right lane blocked. Debris in the roadway on 44 East past Bowles. A stalled vehicle on 64 West at McKnight is blocking the right lane. And look for ramp closures until 5 p.m. today on 55 South to 255 East and on 55 North to 270 North. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. Uh, it is that time of year. The mayor's Mardi Gras ball is Friday night. It's been called the social event of the season. And Mac Bradley, president of Mardi Gras uh, Foundation, is here to tell us all about it. It really is one of the best parties of the year. It really is. And, and you know, so this is 45th year for Mardi Gras in mm-hmm. St. Louis, 22nd year for the Mayor's Ball. And, you know, one of the reasons we created the Mayor's Ball was we didn't have a sort of black tie charitable event. Uh, which is, of course, one of the things that that they have in New Orleans, but we didn't have a tradition of that. So, um, yeah, we did that 22 years ago, and it's the social event of the season. Wouldn't this be more like purple tie? Or it, well, okay, fair enough. Uh, we actually call it uh, Mardi Gras black tie. 
There we go. Uh, so it gets pretty creative, uh, and you see all kinds of purple, green, and gold. Yeah. Uh, in Are masks there. required? No. Okay. No, uh, it's it's funny. Early on, we we thought, oh, let's do make it a masquerade yeah. thing, and that's super fun. Let's be honest for like ten minutes, and then all the, everybody drops the masks, and it's a pain. So um, to this day, a lot of people will come in masks. They typically don't wear them for very long. Yeah, and to be clear, I mean this is open to the public. This is not yes. by invite only. No, no, and uh, the the ticket sales, like I said, it's a charitable event. The uh, Mayor's Ball really serves two purposes for us. One was we needed some kind of an event like this. But the other one was Soulard has been gracious enough to host this party for 45 years now. We wanted to create a mechanism uh, to fund um, community improvement grants so that we could give something back to the neighborhood. And that's what we do with the proceeds of the Mayor's Ball every year. I uh, don't know to that. This, to, to date, last year, I guess, we've are given more than $600,000 in neighborhood improvement grants in Soulard. And, That's and fantastic. Also. Yeah. So uh, what can people expect at the uh, mayor's ball? I mean, we got to have music and food. and Right. So, uh, the food is always something that everybody raves about. Uh, so um, that that's something to look forward to every year. It'll be at Union Station again. Uh, this is our third year, I think, at Union Just Station. Just because it's a bigger space? I mean, obviously, it's a beautiful space, but... Yeah, we sort of outgrew City Hall. I mean, for, for those of you or your listeners who were there when it was at City Hall, City Hall is a really cool, iconic space. I was telling Heidi, I was, you would see photos and video on the news and be like, that looks like an awesome place to have a party. Right. And not what it looks like when you're there to pay your 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 taxes or whatever on Monday morning, Thank right? Thank you. Yeah. So so it looks great, um, but the physically the space is is pretty limiting, and we just got too big for it. So we needed a bigger space, but I really wanted to make sure we had a space that was still like iconically St. Louis yes. and architecturally amazing, you know. And so Union Station really fits that bill perfectly. Um, it gives us a little more room to spread out. Uh, people with tickets to the ball are, can go to the aquarium and for a ride on the wheel oh. that night. So that's kind of those are kind of cool things you get to layer in that we really didn't have the opportunity uh, to do at, at City Hall. Um, and yes, there's going to be uh, terrific music and terrific food, and we're going to have people making pancakes of your face, and uh, all kinds of dancers around the uh, around the place, and kind of walking entertainment uh, like that. So it's really going to be fun. And the other thing I, I want to make sure to mention this year, uh, Mayor's Ball runs from seven to midnight, but the party doesn't end at midnight anymore. Uh, back by popular demand is the official Mayor's Ball after party. That will also be at um, Union Station. And the, so the first part, the Mayor's Ball, benefits the Mardi Gras Foundation. Uh, the after party uh, benefits a charity that is near and dear to the Mayor's Heart, uh, STL College Kids, which was a fund that she set up when, when she was treasurer. So if you go to the after party, that is supporting that charity also. That's fantastic. And just a reminder, the Mayor's Mardi Gras Ball is this Friday, 7 to midnight, the Midway at St. Louis Union Station. There's general admission, VIP access, tables available for purchase. What is just the general uh, ticket price? 175 Got it. It's, it's, it's less, but you have to build a time machine 
and go back and buy your ticket earlier. Ah, so so yes. next year, buy your ticket earlier, mm-hmm. and it's a little cheaper than that. Um, but, yeah, 175 for that. Josh? Uh, and the mayor's going to be there, right? She, uh, the mayor and I co-host the, she better be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because right. it's all about her. No, she'll be there. And, uh, and the mayor's always there. So the mayor's year. always there. Mm-hmm. We, actually, we did have one year. That's what I was going to, I was going to see. That, that the mayor was not there. Who was it? It was, uh, Slay? Uh, it, it was Francis. What was he doing? What did, he, Francis, have to, what did he, he have to do? There, was, so there was something. Now I don't remember what it was. I should not have even brought this up. I don't remember what it was, but there was something where he had to be on the East Coast uh, for something. And uh, But it, that's the only year. And, um, uh, yeah, so the mayor is is always there, and uh, it's um, it's a really good time. Good. Yeah, it is a great time. And real quickly, are we still the second largest Mardi Gras celebration in the country? We are one of the largest Mardi Gras in the country. I I always hedge on this, and and the and just to be honest with you, the reason I always hedge is like we don't have turnstiles uh, in yeah. the next day, right? Yeah. So I mean, we are clearly one of the largest. Um, I've been told by countless people we're the second largest, and I'm like, sure, that that sounds right, uh-huh. you know. But you know, obviously, we're one of the largest. And with the mayor's ball, Friday the ninth, grand pra- and the after party after that, then uh, parade day on the tenth. Parade starts at eleven. I don't really see a need for people to go to bed. No, ah! just right? and you know what? There's going to be plenty that do not. Matt right. Bradley, it's always great uh, chatting with you, and thanks for everything that you do. Yeah, thank you. Our headlines for this Wednesday afternoon, February 7th, the Benelovit King transitioning to Japanese-themed restaurant beginning February 14th, the Maplewood Eatery, known for its Moroccan-inflected fare and innovative cocktails, closed on February 3rd and is reopening with a new Japanese menu on Valentine's Day. The changes are meant to embrace the culinary experiences of the executive chef, Elliot Harris, whose extensive resume in Japanese cuisine includes the former miso on Merrimack. I'm excited about this. Oh, miso. Mm, That's a blast from the past. So good. Everything in that restaurant was white, and then they transitioned to a barbecue restaurant, and I was like, oh, no. That's a lot of dry cleaning bills. Oh, boy. Um, But that's interesting. You go from being a kind of a... Moroccan. Moroccan theme to Japanese theme. Not overnight, but over month. Mm Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, Credit card delinquencies grew 50% in 2023. Serious delinquency means 90 days or more past due. And they surged up from 4% to 6.4% in the fourth quarter. That's a 59% jump. That's a lot. Here's what's even scarier. $17.5 trillion of total consumer debt. $17 trillion. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't even, we're talking numbers that we can't even fathom. No, but do you have credit card debt? 100%. I mean, think of it. Mortgage if, debt? I, we got a HELOC going on right now. Right. I mean, the cars? Just about everybody you know does. So add right. that together. That's true. But the 90 days delinquent 
That's scary, though. Mm-hmm. It is. Sold on St. Louis to open in Missouri History Museum. Sold on St. Louis aims to highlight St. Louis's local brands and vendors, and it will open next Wednesday, February 14th. It'll feature products from more than 60 local vendors. That includes Arch Apparel, Salt and Smoke Barbecue, Golden Gems, Old Vienna, making it a go-to spot to buy St. Louis souvenirs and locally made products ranging from clothing and candles to sauces and stationery and, well, everything in between. So I'm excited about that. Where is it going to be? At the Missouri History Museum. Oh, so you go to the History Museum to learn about. Well, there's always been a gift shop there, but they this, just completely yeah. redid it, and this just sounds so St. Louis. That sounds really... They should put that at, at the mall, too. I guess Golden Gems is already at the mall. Well, it's at, yeah, three different locations. I can't... And so is Arch Apparel, right. and so is... Right. Uh, you didn't mention that Usher was coming to town yesterday, did you? It's actually in my entertainment oh, okay. report today, but go ahead. No, no, no. That's not my story. Not even close. My story is about J.P. Morgan Chase is opening more bank branches in the U.S., 500 new U.S. bank branch locations by 2027. That's at a time where most bank branches are either closing or seriously downsizing. When's the last time you went into a bank? Uh, Christmas. Christmas. Mm-hmm. What about before that? Mm. Actually, I went right before uh, we went to Mexico to get a bunch of ones. Uh, <laughs> for tips? Yeah, yeah. I always <laughs> go and get a bunch of ones. My, my point being, you go in to get a $50 bill for your nephew's Christmas card, or you go in to get a bunch of ones to make change, basically. Um, but you don't really do your banking at the bank anymore. You don't. Well, that's true. I don't. Because I uh, think when I have gone in, there's been a line. Has there really? Yes. Okay. Well, Chase is opening up 500 new locations. You just look around St. Louis and you see their footprint growing here. But the new areas that they're opening up in Boston, Charlotte, the D.C. area, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, are just some of the more locations that they will be opening up. Actual benches. Yeah. In the so future. I think that proves that there are people yeah. going in. You know what? In. I would have been wrong. I would have lost money on that. <laughs> well, coming up, we're going to talk to Lauren Risley about some kitchen trends. But here's one more thing that you can do. And I know Lauren would agree on this. If you want to change the look of your house. And we talked about curb appeal last week. A new front door can do wonders. Dalco Home Remodeling custom makes their doors and windows, and they do it right here in Missouri. I'm not just talking only those beautiful front doors, but they do sliding doors, French doors as well. And they can be custom painted or stained, so it's not like you have to go and repaint the entire house. They can do whatever to match whatever decor you already have. If you're looking to save a little money on on your energy bills, well, those energy-saving vinyl replacement windows can do that, and Dalco can help you. I mean, every project at Dalco Home Remodeling, and this is what I loved, is handled with care and intention. They really want to make sure that you're happy, and they're going to work with you every step of the way. I mean, again, it's why they are making their windows and doors custom here by hardworking Missourians, which I also love. It's not like they're shipping these jobs off. Dalco is celebrating 50 years in business, and I think that what I just said 
are many of the reasons why. You can visit DalcoHomeRemodeling.com to get an idea of all the services they offer. You can also schedule an appointment or just call today, 314-298-7300. 314-298-7300. You might remember their slogan has always been, if you buy somewhere else and find out how much you could have saved at Dalco, You'll blow your stack, so make sure you call Dalco first. 314-298-7300. Lauren Risley's up after this short break. around your house and you'll probably see something you'd like to change oftentimes that's the kitchen so what are some of the top trends lauren risley lauren risley realty joins us to discuss because not only is she a realtor she is also a flipper and before we even jump into that we've got a question for you one how are you i'm good how are you fantastic uh, but somebody on the text line wants to know where they could find an episode of Call the Closer because the house that you did at 123 North Harrison in Kirkwood, I guess her son just bought it, and so they would love to see that particular episode, and they can't find it anywhere. That was actually our pilot episode, The Perfectionists. Ah. Uh, And that's probably pretty cool because the person that, uh, the homeowner that we sold it to, um, Aaron, she is like a big, uh, like influencer on oh, social media. Okay. And so she does a ton of DIY stuff. So like, not only did we renovate the house, but when you're asking about, you know, looking around, there's probably something you want to change. Um, like the kitchen, like her husband is super handy. So they're constantly doing all of these little like DIY tricks and trades and they have like five kids. So like storage and pantry storage. So I bet I bet her son walked into a pretty cool house. Um, to answer that question uh, legally, uh-huh. um, <laughs> um, so we did not uh, renew with HGTV um, for another season, and they are owned by Discovery Plus. So it was available on Discovery Plus um, because we did not renew. Um, they have taken those episodes off of Discovery Plus, and that's who owned them. Got so you. I think you would have to do some Googling. I know a lot of people have found them, um, but unfortunately, I don't have, like, a platform to tell you to go to. Maybe um, if I they think- Googled Call the Closer pilot episode? Yeah, or The Perfectionist. Okay. So call the Closer. The Perfectionist is that episode. Um, they should be able to find it. If not, email me. Uh Hello at Lauren Risley Realty dot com. If you're driving and don't have a pen, just Google Lauren Risley Realty. It'll come up. Email me and I will call the producer to see if I can get that episode uh, in like a link. I don't know. I'm not tech savvy. Let's just call it a link. Okay. okay. I like and that. I can, I can send it to them. They can do something techie with it. But we, but yeah. So we'll find it for them. It. Yeah. Google, we Google wanna... and Google and then dig and dig and you'll find it. But if not, email me and I'll, I'll try to get them a copy that's really cool that they own that house now. We're cool. going to talk um, kitchen trends here in just a second. But was this the episode where the cabinets got put in and then uh, the homeowner was like, well, I don't like how there's a gap between the cabinet and the ceiling. 
I want you to put the cabinets all the way to the top. You got it. Yeah, got that it. was her. That was her. There, there the was a reason why it was called the perfectionist. <laughs> there was, there but you was know a reason what? why they signed a contract saying they wouldn't come by after demo and they came by every day. Yeah. <laughs> Did they this... really sign a contract? Yeah, they, were, they were Well, I mean, part of like what you agree to is that um, you don't have a say in the design. So like them coming in and seeing the cabinet should not have happened like no other homeowner. It's kind of like a understanding, not a contract. But yeah, they're, they're not supposed to even be there like after the, the demo day. Like I don't even think most of them were even there at, at demo day or for sure after. But I, they were really, really cool. So I'm not – it wasn't a bad thing. It's, it's honestly part of what made their character the perfectionist. Yeah. But this past Christmas, we've got that gap between the kitchen cabinets and the ceiling. And my wife put um, some garland up there. It looked great. Mm -hmm. But for the rest of the year, it's just going to be empty, wasted space. I agree with her, Lauren, that it's much more useful to actually continue the cabinets to go all the way to the ceiling and then figure out. Then you need a ladder to get up there. What are you going to put up there, Josh? Yeah, stuff you're never going to get to. What kind of things do you never want to be able to access? I think design-wise, it made it look better. Mm. Well, and here's here's a spoiler alert. Um, In that house that was like a 130-year-old house in Kirkwood, uh, one of their historical houses. Uh, none of the ceiling to floor uh, height was the same. Oh, so trying to actually, match that is a headache. Yep. So we actually didn't buy cabinets for it. We made them. So Josh, like basically what we did was had some trim pieces made. She still wanted them to be functional cabinets. So we still did that. But uh, we actually put trim pieces up all around the bottom, the top, and just kind of boxed it in um, and then had gotten some doors made. So I mean, you can you if you want to use that space. I know your house was a little bit newer construction, so it should be a little bit more level for you to buy those cabinets. Um, but yeah, people do that. You can do um, different kinds of crown molding. Um, you know, here's the other thing. A friend of mine, uh, her mom told me this, but anytime she like gets a new house, she paints the top of her cabinets uh, with a gloss paint no one ever sees it but it keeps the dust then she can just oh, take a bag and wipe so the top. smart genius like, oh yes that's perfect but why why don't they go to the ceiling anyway why? because you can't reach it right and those are custom cabinets so cabinets like even even 10 years ago there were 36 inch cabinets so you had a lot bigger space and then someone said you know hey let's go a little bit higher not all the way well, let's mm-hmm. go a little bit higher, and now standard is 42-inch cabinets. So, um, I mean, I agree. I like the look, especially when you can get them, like, backlit and things like that. So I think it's a cool look. It's just a custom look. But if you have any cabinet company come out and measure that space, I mean, they can have them made for you. Mm-hmm. I like you having word, some— You know what the word custom equates to, right? Cash. Yeah. Cash. Expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like having the space to put a few pieces up there that draw your eye. I mean, I, I think it's useful. I get both ways, but uh, for— I mean, at my mom's house, at my house, at my sister's house. I mean, we have stuff on that top cabinet. We have another question for you on our uh, text line. Please ask Lauren, which would be a higher priority, curb appeal or kitchen redo if you're going to resell? I mean, we're talking two different price points. And, you know, in my experience, I mean, unless unless your, curb, unless your house is falling down, typically curb appeal can consist of, you know, new landscaping, 
maybe, you know, painting the exterior or if it's siding, putting up new siding. Um, you know, even if you put brand new windows in the front for curb appeal, I mean, typically we're looking at, you know, 1500 to 5000 for curb appeal. And for a kitchen, you're looking at probably twenty five or 30000 So, you know, I think it's a great question. I think curb appeal is what gets people inside the house. Yeah. And then things like the kitchen is what, what gets them to put pen to paper and write an offer. Um, so I think true. it would depend. And again, you know, when Heidi and Josh and I tell you guys, like, reach out. Like, at, like, no question is a bad question because Josh. Knowledge is power. Yeah. <laughs> Look oh, at that. I yeah. I was ready. Yeah, you but can call. Out, like, if, if you want to email me a picture of the front of your house and a picture of your kitchen, you know, and say, hey, which do you know, it gives me a better idea to give you a more custom answer. Yeah, at 314-775-0684. And as she mentioned, you can also email her at hello at LaurenRisleyRealty.com. Somebody else wants to know, since we're talking HGTV, have you seen The Curse with Emma Stone, the character star in an HGTV reality show? Whoa, I have not. Wait, so... Wow, Emma Stone's uh, on HGTV? I think it's a movie where the characters are basically oh, you that's is funny, what but no give me like two weeks i'll put it on my list and text back in two weeks yeah all right real quickly hang on because we haven't even talked about kitchen cabinets and trends yet but we need to go to captain paul and find out what traffic looks like okay thank you heidi emergency vehicles are on 70 west at 370 where there's a stalled car on the shoulder a two vehicle crash on 70 east past Bryan has been cleared, but it's causing congestion at Bryan and Route K. A two car crash on eastbound 64 past Hanley has also been cleared. We also have stalled vehicles on 64 east before Spady on 170 south past Airport Road and on the eastbound 64 exit to northbound 170. And watch for ramp closures for about another half hour until 5 p.m. today on 55 south to 255 east and on 55 north to 2. 70 North. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. So I know you've been consumed with these uh, Super Bowl luxury suites. Uh, $2.5 million Super Bowl luxury suites. Well, there's a reason they're so pricey. The menu for those VIP guests. Oh, here we go. Has Truffled been what? shared. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a ridiculous feast. Wagyu hot dogs. Now, is that... That's ridiculous. A thing. <laughs> is that a, th- a hot dog? Is a hot dog? Is a hot dog, right? No, it is not. And I... I do not eat hot dogs. However, if I'm going to, it's going to be an all beef. Does it have a price? Hot dog. Would you have a Wagyu hot dog? I would. I know yes. You're not a hot you dog. would. Yes. You really? don't eat hot dogs because you don't eat. I don't sausage. like the casing. Yeah, the casing. I don't like the sausage, and I don't want all of the. And I'll back you up. You ever? They call them mostly. They call them red hots, but you bite into them, and they had that real snap. Yep. I don't care for that. Mm-mm. I don't care for that. Yeah. Um, crab legs. There's no prices on these? No. Market, well, I mean, market price. Well, no, yeah, no, no, no. This is all part of <laughs> oh, the part suite. Oh, part of the It all comes with the suite. Yeah, okay. it's all in the suite. I want it I itemized. Well, it's not going to be. <laughs> uh, seafood towers, which oh, I do love a seafood on. tower. Isn't it great? It's a football game. 
you're paying $2 million. That's the people that are paying $2 million aren't having the dollar sandwiches and regular hot dogs. They want the way that they're used to living. If I was in this suite, and this is just me, and there's a seafood tower, I'm going to be like, can I get some nachos in here, someone? But that's you. Can I get some regular game? Some nacho cheese to put on my Wagyu dog? (laughs) Uh -uh. Get chili cheese drizzle? Will they have those for the Wagyu dog? like, of course not, sir. So ridiculous. I don't know if I'm paying two million. I better get whatever I yeah whatever, whatever I, want. I request. Yeah. So there's uh, your your ranch dressings. Uh. The, welcome to the Las Vegas Grand Supper. Sin City's crab, fried rice, lobster, steak and gruy, quesadillas. There's a breakfast for dinner, which includes buttermilk fried chicken with waffles and maple syrup. Uh, don't waste it on on chicken and waffles. Oh. oh. You're saying chicken waffles, but then you want wings? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Surf and turf nachos with filet, mignon, lobster, and queso, which sounds pretty good. Here's your nachos. The <laughs> ultimate seafood stuffed potato with mac and cheese. And then there's the Sunday Sunday, a griddled donut. Mm. Oh. Yeah. And there's a lot of seafood. I mean, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. When I think of football games, I do not think of seafood. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I have been dying for a sports bar that did serve food like this because I'm not one to munch on chicken wings oh, and fries. So this is right up my alley if I could afford that. Do you eat chicken? Two point. Yeah. Five million dollars. And mortgage your house like five times. Exactly. Did you? Do you eat chicken wings? No. You don't. No. What? Why not? Do you eat boneless chicken wings? I mean, that's just a chicken nugget. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. You're welcome. That's exactly the, the correct. A chicken nugget that you eat with a fork. <laughs> um, how long have you, what's your aversion to chicken wings? I just am not a, I don't, I don't like the sauce all over my fingers. Mm-hmm. I don't like it have all over. Have you seen over. those gloves that you could wear? Oh. That why feels you, ridiculous. <laughs> why you eat chicken. All fingers. of it. You just kind of accept the sauce. Yeah. No, you know, I, it's a messy meal, like barbecue. The moist towelette afterwards. Yeah. I can tell you I also, and I'm sorry if it's near dinner time, I don't like the veins. Yeah. Oh. I, yeah. You know, if it was all white meat yep. and I could pull it off, I do not like seeing the, yeah. Yep. That's. Mm. See so that? do you like, you don't like shrimp then, I assume? Uh, Deveined. Oh, it's got to be already. I mean, it's not going to, but that's, yeah. to me, uh you take it in one bite, and it's not going to be kind of oh. wiggly and okay. stuck between your teeth. Laying right. there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I like, <laughs> that's why I like the drummies more than the flats. Well. Because I think you get. Less of that. get a good bite off the drummy, and then the flats, you got to, like, stick your tongue through the, the two bones to try to get all the. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm almost 95 if not a hundred percent boneless these days, well, you've got a then real you got a real childlike palate. I was gonna say, then you're, <laughs> you don't like mushrooms. You're basically eating chicken nuggets, so yeah, don't even call them boneless. No, it's but you know the less mess, mm-hmm. but it's the flavor. The What's buffalo the difference chicken flavor. in a boneless chicken wing and a chicken tender? Uh, well, they're smaller. The size. The okay, size. that's like that's what. Okay, so you think a baby carrot grew somewhere else? Yeah. 
Yeah, we yeah. didn't we talk about this yeah, one? Maybe Josh did. Josh was he blown away they, that they're the same. I thought player. they were. Don't ever say that again. I thought they were just smaller versions of regular carrots. <laughs> That's see, we're gonna lose what, audience what, members. What do they do with the rest of the carrot? They, and they make more baby they make carrots. More they make baby more baby carrots. carrots. I had baby carrots in my lunch today. <sighs> uh, dips? You gonna do dips? We'll see. I mean, right. I I am not one. Like, I really can't stand when it's like a smorgasbord. I, <gasps> I hate it because oh. I feel like it's just picking the whole time and you have no idea what you just ate. I would rather just have a meal no. and be done with it. No, not for the Super Bowl. Well, that's I, I 100% me. disagree with you. That's fine. I'd rather have one big pizza and know that uh. I'm eating you know, three slices of pizza rather than just picking at all of this stuff all day long. I want like three dips, uh, a lot of finger foods, maybe a slice of pizza. But even the big sandwich, uh, I'm going to, you know, cry foul on. You know, don't get the big sandwich. It should all be appetizers, my personal opinion. But you would probably eat like that every day. Oh, I love dips. Uh-huh. Dips for dinner, everyone. You're listening to the Heidi Glau Show with Josh Gilbert on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. Beep, beep. It's ten minutes before five. Let's check back in with Captain Paul. Somebody is wondering what's going on in Fifty Five. Do you have any idea? You know, I will have to check into that, Heidi, and I'll try to have that on the next report. Right now, there is still some congestion on 70 East past Bryan after an earlier crash was cleared. Debris in the roadway on 64 West at Lindbergh is blocking the right lane. We have stalled vehicles on 70 West at 370 on 64 East before Spady and on 170 South past Airport Road. And watch out for ramp closures for another 10 minutes until 5 p.m. today on 55 South to 255 East and on 55 North to 270 North. This traffic report is brought to you by Total CLSTL. Do you have cracks and leaks in your air ducts at home costing you money? You need TotalCLSTL.com. TotalCLSTL.com will make your air ducts more energy efficient, clean, and comfortable. Call 314-673-2020 for an at-home consultation. 314-673-2020. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. As you know, the Super Bowl is upon us, and the party is sometimes even more important than the game. So to make sure you have all the proper ingredients, we've enlisted the help of Jeff Ahart, the director of meat operations for Deerberg's. This has to be a crazy week for you guys. It sure is, Heidi, and uh, thanks for having me today. Um, it's an honor to be on here with uh, with you and Josh, and uh, it is. It's just going to ramp up every day. Um, today will be a little busier. Tomorrow will be busier yet. And then uh, Friday and Saturday, it's uh, no holds barred. It'll be everybody in trying to get all those uh, Super Bowl needs for sure. What do you sell the most of for Super Bowl weekend? I'm Me being a meat guy, I'm going to tell you chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's actually one of the staples, you know, when people think of tailgating and, and football. And uh, we have an awesome uh, – Bell and Evans, uh, they're actually cut wings, and they're frozen, but they're in a two-and-a-half-pound bag. Um, as I don't know if everybody knows, but Bell and Evans is an exclusive brand to Deerbergs. They're extremely high quality. Oh. They're 100% air-chilled. 
Um, we have that two and a half pound bag for five ninety nine this week, and that's a savings of seven dollars um, off regular retail. So I know for a fact I'm going to have two to three bags of those in my shopping cart. Um, whenever I head into the store tomorrow. Okay, Jeff, can you clear something up, though? I mean, is a boneless chicken wing just a chicken nugget? Absolutely. It's not oh. a wing. And he's the meat guy. Okay. That's right. But, but Thank Jeff, you. does that make me less of a person? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, and when you talk about chicken wings, uh, you, you get the ones out of the bags and and these ones uh, that you're talking about, that that sounds great. But can I go out and buy like a chicken wing from the counter uh, and get my own sauce? Because that sounds like a lot of fun is to do my own chicken wings. Absolutely. And that's that's basically what these are. These are raw, um, un, uncooked. I mean, they're you just thaw them out and they're they're cut. So there's no tips on them. So you get the drumette and the, the wing section. Um, you can season them up, sauce them up. You can smoke them, grill them, air fry them, roast them, um, you deep fry them. You know, the, the sky's the limit when it comes to wings and, and flavor profiles. You know what I love? that You guys just make everything so easy. I mean, maybe we want to do different kind of burgers, and you have all of that already laid out on the counter. What's your uh, go-to there? My go-to there is our... Um, Applewood bacon and cheddar burger. We use an 85% lean ground round. Um, so it's kind of in between, you know, uh, something that's too too fat, but it's still got enough in it to give you an excellent bite. And uh, that is my go-to. I like to pair that with some of our uh, St. Pierre brioche buns from our deli department. Ooh. Put a little mm-hmm. butter on those brioche buns and drop them on your grill. It doesn't get any better than that. And it's going to be warm enough to grill, I think. Yeah. It's looking that way. I'm excited about it. Speaking of grilling, though, we've also got our six, uh, our 8-ounce New York strip steaks for $6 each this week. And... Uh, those are going to be a, a staple for a lot of people if the weather cooperates. And, uh, you know, you can get that and throw it on your grill this weekend, or you can swing by our seafood department, maybe grab you some shrimp or some yes. lobster tails and save them till next Wednesday for that special occasion for Valentine's Day. And I was going to say that once we hit brioche bread, we've never gone back. When I need a hamburger bun, brioche. When I need a hot dog bun, brioche. So uh, we're, we're big brioche people in our house. What about, you mentioned the Applewood uh, bacon burgers. What about the brats? What kind of, uh, you know, I've seen jalapeno and, and pineapple brats at one point. Absolutely. We do have a, we do have a pineapple teriyaki bratwurst. Um, we've got jalapeno cheddar. Um, two of our favorites um, that, that I really enjoy um, is, are the two that we partnered up with a couple of the local breweries with uh, UCBC and made a, uh, made a bratwurst called the Ur- or Urban Underdog Brat. And uh, then we also uh, partnered with Four Hands and made an Incarnation Brat. So two, uh, two really good, um, high-quality bratwurst that uh, have a, a really good flavor profile. And do you have chicken brats as well if somebody doesn't really like red meat or pork? Absolutely. We do have uh, – we got some turkey brats um that are that you can get that are raw and then we also have a, a complete line of, of fully cooked um chicken brats so we've pretty much got you covered when it comes to brats and sausages 
Um, there's going to be uh, plenty of variety to choose from for sure. And see, I trying to do a little bit better as summer is, you know, upon us as well. And you can't have that summer body if you don't start in the winter. What about like steak skewers or chicken skewers? Absolutely. Our full service cases are loaded with value added items. Uh, we got beef kebabs, chicken kebabs, uh, marinated boneless, skinless chicken breasts, um, We've got a you know a variety of different marinades. We use smoky Alabama, Mediterranean herb, um, wild garlic, rosemary herb, just a, a huge selection of different uh, of different marinades. Um, we also have jalapeno poppers, uh, bacon wrapped asparagus. Yeah. Um, I mean, you name it, chicken spadini. Um, that's a, a, one of my household favorites. Um, it's a pinwheel authentic style spadini that's put on a skewer. Um, I mean, they're they're magnificent. So, all sorts of value added selections to really uh, to really cater to whatever flavor profile you're trying to attain. And for people that want something, you know, maybe that is a little better for you. You know, they can get the chicken where somebody else may want the steak or the burger. So, yeah, we're talking to Jeff Ahart, the director of meat operations for Deerbergs. Do most of your meat counters at all the Deerbergs have similar options? Absolutely. We try to keep a consistent core group of items out there. Um, there are some that are going to be their larger cases, so the variety is going to be a little more um, extensive. But for the most part, you're going to find the same core group of, of items at all of our stores with the, with the full-service counters. And, uh, Jeff, my son, you know, when I bring him places, we always go to the candy section and the look on his face. It's like, wow, kid in a candy store. That's where the phrase comes from. For me as an adult, it's the meat counter at Deerberg's. That's my candy store. And when you want to try something new, you just look out and you say, wow, look at, oh, you know, honey, we haven't even looked at the pork section yet. Um, but Heidi was talking about fancy Wagyu hot dogs in one of these Super Bowl suites. Do you guys have uh, a hot dog that's maybe a step above? Um, so we do carry uh, several different uh, higher quality hot dogs. Um, we carry uh, Vienna, which is a, is a, uh, it's a higher quality premium beef hot dog. Um, we also have Hebrew National, which is a kosher one. Um, we're working on uh, potentially getting a Wagyu brand in. We do have Kobe um, Wahlburgers that we sell. Um, so there are some definitely some higher quality um, options available. We do bison dogs. Um, so that's uh, that's something that's pretty trendy right now. It is a little leaner, but it's got a really hearty flavor to it. Um, so absolutely, plenty of uh, premium options um, to to serve serve the the party yeah. goers. Just yeah. serve Heidi because she won't touch regular dogs. <laughs> hey, I do love the charcuterie board though, oh, and I love yeah. that you guys have it all made for us, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us some delicious ideas for Super Bowl Sunday. We appreciate it. You're very welcome, and don't forget to go by the bakery and get your game day decorated cookie cakes and cupcakes for after the main course. Oh, great idea. And now, and now the, the top, top five, five at five. five. News five. from around the room. How about this? I, and I mentioned the other day that I kept all of my grandma's letters she sent to me in college. Well, one granddaughter has stitched together, if you will, all of the voicemails she left for her grandma. I mean, a lot of people look at missed calls and all those voicemails as a hassle, maybe a missed opportunity, but this Massachusetts 
granddaughter found a really unique way to put them all together. Her name's Paley. And she found this collection of voicemails she had left her grandmother, Joan, spanning 14 years from when she was three years old to when she was 17. And she posted this emotional collage of memories on TikTok late last year once she discovered them. She said she had no idea her grandmother had kept them all. So this is her voice. This is her voice from... Not grandma's voice. Th- but grandma kept them all. I know. That's and, cool. Um, so... She said that shortly after she discovered the video had gone viral, which, of course, now it has more than 3 million views and 400,000 likes, this highlights really some of the small life events. Like, I just got a new scooter, telling her grandma, or I just got the job. So it really kind of shows all the things that grandma hung on to. She's my only grandmother, so she's really, really important to me. And saving those voice messages, I just thought it would be a nice thing to do to put them all together. And she always will be able to then to hear them that way. So she reiterated the close relationship, something that is obviously evident by the sweet phone calls. I guess they lived in the same house together. So my grandmother has always been like my next door neighbor and someone I can always come to for anything. And the video captures small moments in time from when she was a kid uh, to now being a little bit older, which I just think is so sweet. And this video then also just says, you know, voices are important to us. It captures that one little moment. It encompasses the person themselves. And I'm going to admit something right now. I have a voicemail from Pat Blassie that I have not deleted because oh. I just want to keep it on there as long as I can. And now you know why I don't throw anything away. Well, throwing the newspapers away. I don't. There might be something in there that I want to be nostalgic for. Well, that that definitely That's seems not more, the same. No, I'm talking about my school notebooks and. Well, I'm not saying I've thrown some of that like stuff that. away. That's not what we're calling you a hoarder for. We're calling you a hoarder for the stuff that you have no idea that you have in that office. Very true. That's Very different. True. But you should see my basement. I would woofy, rather not. Woofy. There was a plot line on How I Met Your Mother, which. I think it was a great show. It was funny. And Marshall's dad passed away, who was played by Dauber from Coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, he found a voicemail on his phone from his dad. Uh, Yeah. Talking about Crocodile Dundee 3. Was it? It was just so so (laughs) stupid and just a regular whatever. But, you know, he he kept it and listened back to it over and over again. So now, like, my mom will leave me a voicemail. And, oh, is this something I want to keep to remember her? And then I'll... I'll listen to it. It's a butt dial. Oh. It's four minutes of her pocket. <laughs> Do you leave voice messages, though? I'm wondering Never. if this is just not a thing that will happen in the future. I don't leave. I don't think I've ever left a voice message. Ever? I mean, Maybe like a, yeah. like a for a work. Okay, like, not even for your mother? Like, no, no. I'll just call her back. Oh, I yeah. leave voicemails. Uh, I will text her. Yeah, I'll text I'm, her. I said, hey, I tried to call you. Here's what I'm calling about. I don't leave voicemails for mm. friends and family. I do. You do? Mm-hmm. What is it? Is it this? Hey, it's Heidi. Call me back. No. <laughs> it's usually, hey, wanting to know, do you want to do brunch on Saturday, Sunday? How, Give many, me a how ring. many times? How many times when they call you back, did you say, well, did you listen to my voicemail? We're in a different generation. 
It must they, be. I, was, I, I mean, they yeah. all do. It's Pe- not. People get frustrated with me. I never listen to them either. I just call them back. Hey, yeah. what would you want? Yeah. Well, did you listen to my voice? No. No. I no. called you I back. called you back. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. does not happen. No. No. Wow. You are not that different of a generation than I Ten am. Ten years makes a difference. You're, how old's your sister? Two years younger than I am. She leaves oh, me voicemails. Not all the time. If I see a missed call from her, I'll call her back. But a lot of the times we leave a, a voicemail. 84126, do you still leave voicemails or do you listen to your voicemails? Somebody um, said my daughter never leaves voicemails and it ticks me off. Heidi, I like some kind of idea of what they want me to call them back about. And I agree. Otherwise, it's, if it's not in, as important enough to leave a message, then I'm not calling you back. Whoa. Oh. Wow. I mean, I don't, wow. I'm not going to play that. Remember that, Connor. Well, I'm I just saying, yeah. it's, I'm not, even if you do it for work, if you call and you don't leave a message, I assume it was a butt dial and I'm not calling you back. But if I call and don't get you and I need you, I will text you. And then I'll call. But mm-hmm. I, that's a different. Hey, just tried calling you. Yeah. What do you want to do for lunch? It's very important ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. Those are the important things that I need clarification on. Um, Speaking of lunch, McDonald's, we had a, um, was it, what was it called? Groundwork something last week talking about uh, inflation Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is being driven. Think tank. Think tank. Groundwork collaborative. A lot of inflation is being driven strictly because corporations want to make more money. Mm Mm-hmm. Not because supply chain issues or whatever. They realize that, hey, these guys don't mind paying a little extra. Let's see how much more they'll pay. Well, McDonald's is starting to hit that point. They said that um, they saw a drop, a decrease in the most recent quarter of people making less than $45,000 a year. And it is directly tied to the fact that their food, they've raised the prices on it too much. Mm-hmm. They've acknowledged this. And uh, our our guest from Groundwork Collaborative said, you can listen to their earnings calls. These are public, you know, these are publicly traded companies. These are public calls. We never do because what do I want to listen to a McDonald's, you know, earnings call for? But in the earnings call, uh, the CEO has said things to the extent of even though we're pushing through pricing, the consumer is tolerating it well, he said on a call in October. And they said to the extent, let's keep raising the prices. Now, McDonald's, I think it's almost a 50-50 split, corporate-owned versus franchises. And franchises do have some wiggle room when it comes to their prices on their own. Mm-hmm. There's a McDonald's in Darien, Connecticut, which is apparently one of the most um, expensive towns in America, the wealthiest town in America. And a Big Mac meal costs 18 bucks. But they say you can go out and find a hash brown at McDonald's for three bucks. <coughs> and people on TikTok have picked this up and said, three bucks for a hash brown? Really? Now, of course, I can go back and say, oh, I remember when the two cheeseburger meal was two ninety nine, But, I mean, that was in the 90s, okay? But what is it now? How much is I mean, McDonald's? Is this, is this Darien, Connecticut, just like the most – like how gas stations, there's ones that like famously are more expensive to get press 
I mean, because it's not $18 here. It's no, not. it's not even close. But um, there are some places where a medium French fry costs as much as a filet of fish sandwich, which that just doesn't seem right to me. So McDonald's has noticed that grocery prices are high, but they only rose 1.3% last year. Dining out rose by 5%. So the consumer is starting to hit back at McDonald's by just not going anymore. McDonald's menu prices went up 10% last year. It does not seem that way at this McDonald's here at Westport. There is a line all the way to the street. I want cause, well we're in kind of a industrial park or a commercial park. Commercial. These yeah. might be people coming from, you know, work just trying to grab a well, quick meal. Well, aren't most people coming from work at noon on a weekday? I know, but we're in a we're in a place where a lot of people work. I think a random McDonald's. The McDonald's down the street from me, uh, I'm kind of in a commercial park as well. It's rare to see a McDonald's that's empty. <laughs> it's empty. Let's be honest. But they have noticed, the CEO has noticed that they're going to have to start lowering their prices again because they they went up too high. They started losing customers, so they're going to have to bump it back down. Uh, all right, Josh, weren't you complaining about the Guinness Book of World Records last week or was it two weeks ago? You said it was too, they're too allowing you know, anyone can get a can get a record if they wanted it to. Like the guy that uh, you know dribbled a soccer ball while balancing a goldfish bowl on their head. Yeah, That's I not it, a record. I think it was ping pong volleys and iguanas. Uh, yes, if I remember the story. Yes, with an iguana on you. Yes, head. that's uh, not a record. So this is about them actually denying a record recently, but I, I think you'll find it was a little outrageous. A uh, man uh, from France, Richard Plowd, or I guess Richard Plowd. Spent eight years and 4,200 hours building a Eiffel Tower out of matchsticks. He used 700,000 700, matches to build the world's tallest structure made out of matches. 24 feet. The previous highest was 21 feet. He called up Guinness, said, hey, I just built this structure. It's taller than the, the record you guys have. Why don't you come out here and check it? They wouldn't even check it because they said... The matches you use have to be, quote, commercially available. Oh. And halfway through, he started buying directly from the match. To save money? To, just to save time. He said he was tired of buying hundreds of matchboxes. Are, are they not the same as the ones that he you says, can buy He says, come and look. They're the exact same. They're matches. You can't tell me these aren't matches. Come out and tell, uh, check it. They didn't want to do it because that's their rule, I guess, is that you had to use the same matches you can go out and buy. At the store. Well, that would mean that everyone would be capable of of trying to best his record. I think that's that, that's their that's their uh, thinking. Not everybody has an in with the matchstick company. He said but... all he did was call up the factory and said, "Hey, can I buy these from you in that's in bigger quantities?" And he, they said, "Yeah, eight years. Eight you know years. What? However, if you're going to spend that much time of your life, you better do a check and make ah! sure you're doing." <laughs> Good All point. of the things yeah. properly before you get to the very end. Uh, he didn't get the official record, but he did get it on display at a big hall with uh, you know, a few thousand people coming through to see the finished model. And he said he hopes to get it somehow at the Olympics in Paris because he's in France. So oh, yeah. He, mm. He's in Paris. Uh, how about this? What if he spent eight years? How tall was it? 24 feet. 
And in the meantime, somebody oh, came someone up. Made oh, someone a, a taller one. 26 foot one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's crazy. This is uh, crazy, too. You know, I was walking George this morning because it was beautiful. And I swear, every two feet we stop and we sniff. Now, she's not tracking down anything too important, but a police canine tracked a scent for over two miles to find a missing 12-year-old in Massachusetts. This is crazy. The police department received a call Wednesday night around 1030 about a 12-year-old child who left their home at 830 p.m. and had not returned. Now, authorities say that due to the freezing temperatures and nature of the incident, they had uh, lots of people working together to look for the child. But it was... Officer Lundgren and his canine partner, Biza, who were searching when Biza picked up a scent and starting to track it. Authorities say Biza tracked the scent for more than two miles, led officers to an area where the child had been a short time earlier. According to evidence at the site, officers were able to find the child safe shortly after the child was reunited with their family. We are so proud of the hard work. Put in by K9Bs and happy to report a positive outcome. I mean, how incredible are dogs? And if you were going to go for two miles, uh, that would be the the reason to do it, to find a, a lost kid. Um, man, that's a good story. Thanks. Uh, somebody on the text line said that they haven't been to McDonald's in a while, but they ordered a double quarter pounder meal the other day, and it was 12 bucks. Ridiculous. Yeah. Somebody else said that they were uh, in Centralia, Illinois, and had a McDonald's close up four months ago. So I guess there are a few places closing up. And then back to the um, text messages. I leave a message. If nothing, I don't call back. I'm with you most of the time, Heidi. I will text knowing they may be working, but if it's 24 hours and it goes by and I don't hear anything, I will call. I don't always leave a message because I already texted them and it's adult kids. Mm. How about this one? My cousin left me a message. He was killed in a motorcycle accident. Before I could call him back, I still have his message on my phone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So sorry to hear that. And then Apple lets you read your voicemails now. It's so convenient. I love it. I do, too. Yeah, but it's not always perfect. No, it's not always perfect, but you get the idea. And isn't that just a text message then? Is it? You could just get the text message, right? It's a very poorly misspelled text message mm-hmm. or you just listen to the message I it's know. not going to kill you i listen to the voicemails i just don't leave them mm-hmm. Un- unless, i don't do either unless it's for work unless it's for work um okay so with facebook you get reminders on this remember what happened on this date oh, yeah. you know last year the year before year before last year apparently i wrote something on facebook about this and if the Chiefs keep just making it into the Super Bowl every year, I can keep bringing this back up every single year. Last year, I haven't heard anything this year, but last year the mayors of Philadelphia are the governors of Philadelphia, I'm sorry, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and Missouri went out to Arizona for a bet for the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if Governor Parson has any plans to go to Vegas for this Super Bowl, but... My question was, last year, if they're going to invite Governor Parson from the state of Missouri to go to the Super Bowl, you should probably invite the governor of Kansas as well. 
Here's the breakdown of where people live in Kansas City, Missouri, slash Kansas. Jackson County, Missouri, that's the Missouri side, 717,000 people. Johnson County, Kansas, that's the Kansas side, 609,000. So there's a lot of people that live in the Kansas part of Kansas City and are just... Would you say the same thing about the Illinois governor no, going if okay I would not but what's the difference because <laughs> you don't think that Collinsville are cardinal fans I, for some reason if there's a river that separates the two that's a pretty good you well, know there's the Missouri there's, River out there right yeah. it kind of yeah but then that one doesn't exact. that river that doesn't, doesn't count what if St. Louis was called Illinois of, City Illinois would you City. Have, <laughs> would, would you be making this argument Clay County Missouri 253,000 Wyand Wyandotte Kansas, 169. So the top four counties are split between the two of them. Kansas City, Missouri, the city has 508,000 people in it. But Overland Park, Kansas City, Olathe, that adds up to almost 500,000 itself. So I don't I, – I don't – somehow I miss the fact that the Illinois governor might go – well, I'm just I, I think this made. would play or the Cardinals. Right. I I think it's a moot point. We're talking about the city. If if they move the stadium if to move, the other side of Kansas. Because there's a plan that says that they the Kansas state said we'll pay for the stadium if they bring it over to this side. If they went to the Super Bowl, would the Kansas governor go then? If Since it, they technically play their games in Kansas City, Kansas. Well, what's New Jersey? Yeah. We'll like when, never know. If the New York Giants win, does Chris Christie go? You know. I'm just. To the parade and all that stuff. I think it's about the city of the team because this gets really muddied water. If you're going to talk about fans and the fan base mm-hmm. as far as. Because I would say. Illinois, I mean, there's Cardinal fans everywhere, but especially in our bordering cities. I mean, that's, to me, the Metro East is as much St. Louis as St. Louis. Uh, Yeah, and you know what? I agree. I think the governor of Illinois should be going as well as the governor of Missouri. I don't think so. The governor of Illinois is not doing anything for Cardinal baseball. I know, I know. And that's I the know. same for it's the a, governor of... It's a tough one. you got to hit well, city I, limits. Yeah. Whatever city limits are. Yeah? yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah. But East St. Louis. Different city. It's All I know is if I was hosting an event <laughs> out in Vegas for the Chiefs and the Niners, I would be inviting the governor of California and the governor's of Kansas and Missouri. I think you'd probably anger some people. because well, I'm, that's, I'm bringing everyone in. <laughs> no, it's about who's paying for what if you're going to get political about it and if you're bringing a, hey, governors. Hey, it's, it should be about the fans, first and foremost. Then what's the bet about? The, all, the fans that live in Kansas. <laughs> they, sh- they should have their... Your argument is dead on arrival. Their representation, nope. right? Nope. Yeah, so. I mentioned when we were talking... Uh, voicemails earlier 
Pat Blassie. And, of course, she's the woman who started Altair Travel and Cruises. And, I mean, to get to Vegas and go this weekend, that ought to be your first phone call because and Altair planned my birthday trip out to Vegas. They helped with everything, the flight, the hotel. They gave us some uh, great suggestions on restaurants. I think sometimes you forget that a travel agency can do all of those things. And Altair Travel and Cruises is more than just any travel agency. I mean, they're one of the best, not here in St. Louis, not in Missouri and Kansas, but in the entire Midwest. They have all the awards to show for it. But they they also know some like great last-minute travel deals. If you're looking for a cruise, if you're really, oh, I just got a bonus and I've always wanted to go, well, they can find you those perfect places, whether it is close by, if you want to take the family to Branson, if you want to go to Disney, or if you want to just get away with some girlfriends and go to a spa retreat. Altair Travel can help with all of that. AltairTravel.com. You can also call the office, 314-968-9600. It's 531. Let's check back in with Captain Paul Kopsky. Okay, thank you, Heidi. We are accident-free right now. Debris in the roadway on 64 West at Lindbergh is blocking the right lane. And we have the usual slowdowns on 55 South at Bayless and Union, on 170 South at Forest Park Parkway, and on 64 West at Kings Highway and Hampton. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. back some memories. A massive new sports streaming service is coming. It's going to combine ESPN, ABC, Fox Sports 1, Fox, TNT, and TBS. Jason Nathanson, ABC News entertainment correspondent in L.A., joins us with the latest. This is pretty big. Hold on. I'm flashing back to high school. Right? right? Sports Center. Yeah. I told Connor, I said, this is what it used to sound like. Kind of crazy with the saxophone, the horns. Yeah. And watching it at night and then waking up to the same episode in the morning. Exactly. Before school, Jason. A lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a huge, huge news when it comes to streaming and sports and completely kind of caught a lot of people off guard especially considering you have three huge companies joining forces in Disney, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery. So with Disney, they bring ESPN and ABC. So all the ESPN channels uh, and all the sports stuff that comes on ABC. Fox brings all the Fox stuff, so the NFL on Fox, plus FS1 and FS2. And Warner Brothers Discovery brings TNT and TBS and True TV and whatever else they have uh, with NBA stuff and college and things like that. So all together, you're talking about a, maybe 55% of live sporting events that we see you know, across all the different sports. And you're talking all the major sports, NBA, NHL. NFL, baseball, soccer, college sports as well, all teaming up together in this massive sports streaming platform, which doesn't have a name, doesn't have a debut date, and doesn't have a price yet to it. But you can expect it's going to be pretty expensive. Yeah. Any idea if, like, since Fox is a part of this, they will pull the football games from just our regular Fox viewing? No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. So if you, if you don't sign up for this, you're not going to be affected. So you're you're still going to get all the stuff that you get. Okay. On the so you'll get Monday Night Football on ABC and ESPN. You'll get the Fox Football games on Fox, um, and, and all the other stuff as well. If you have these channels on cable and satellite, 
for now. Uh-huh. I'll say that for now because what this could lead to is a lot more, you know, what they call carriage disputes where you see channels blacked out in certain areas because people are fighting over prices. One of the things that when it comes to the cable companies and the satellite companies and these channels, what the the biggest one of the biggest costs are these sports channels because the sports channels have these huge contracts with the different leagues that cost billions and billions of dollars. So they're very, very expensive. And that's why more often than not, you'll see ESPN blocked out or this sports channel blocked out, or you can't get your certain games in certain areas because of that. This might lead to more of that because what you're going to see, if people do sign up for this in droves, which is a possibility because the one thing that's been keeping a lot of people from cutting that cord mm-hmm. is sports, is live sports. That's changed a lot over the past couple of years when you have the NFL on Prime Video uh, and you have you know, Sunday Ticket that's on YouTube. That's changed. This could change that a lot more. And if people leave, uh, cut the cord to and go to this – then it's going to be very expensive for cable and satellite who are already shedding tons of viewers to keep up with these costly channels. ESPN already has a streaming app. And Disney, who owns ESPN, who owns you, Jason, by the way. Yes, correct. (laughs) My parent company. Uh, Right. They already own Hulu, which is basically a cable provider. So why would they ever get in bed with any of these other companies when they're already offering this? It's it's a great question, and it has caused a lot of head-scratching, especially on the side of the ESPN thing, because, yes, there is ESPN+, Plus, but ESPN has been gearing up to launch its own standalone channel or streaming service, which has ESPN, because ESPN Plus doesn't have ESPN, so you can't watch you know all the ESPN content on there. Uh, they're going to launch their own, and that's still the plan. In fact, Disney had its earnings call today, and they said that they're going to launch that standalone ESPN channel by next year, by 2025. So what I think that means is that you're going to see this ESPN standalone streaming service that might cost, I don't know, 10 15 bucks, And then you're going to have this big, massive package over here that's going to cost maybe $50. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a, a cheaper alternative. You'll have the pricey one with the big one but it does seem like they might cannibalize each other at least a little bit so that's a little confusing right there people you know we're we're gonna see how this all kind of shakes out but with the three companies joining forces a lot of people have said for a long time that streaming look it's just reaching its peak right it's we're saturated with streaming services Mm -hmm. there's too many it was supposed to be, oh, I've got these streaming services so I can cut the cord and cut that $100, $200 cable bill. Well, now the streaming services, if you have them all, are more than the cable bill. So there's going, there needs to be some consolidation. Nobody was quite sure how that would look because you do have these big companies, right? NBC Universal has Peacock. Well, that's not going to go with Disney+. Plus because they're two big mega companies. Right. Then you have Netflix. Then you have Apple. And those are all big companies. And some might swallow each other but this team up model might be part of the future yeah yeah very interesting jason thanks for uh sorting it all out for us appreciate it sure thing
But ESPN brings a lot more sports than TNT does, uh, the TBS. I mean, yeah, but TNT and TBS do, as soon as we get to March Madness, sure. they have so many games in uh, baseball as we lead up to the World Series. They have a lot of those playoff games. It's just, if you're going to package it, why not throw those I wonder, into and it? And they have the NBA, Josh. I know yeah. you don't watch. I know, but... I know but, but the bulk of College sports is on ESPN. Uh, ESPN has uh, professional basketball well. The as well. bulk of SEC is right. on ESPN. Right. I was going to say it's Big divided. Big 10 is on uh, Fox. And you got the SEC. You got all the different networks that do their own thing. I wonder if it's going to be uh, ESPN saying, well, we should get a little bit more of the share of this joint venture. It's- See, I would disagree. I don't know that ESPN has that many games comparatively. To all of that, if you're scrolling through on a weekend, is it? I mean, it seems to me that you got a lot more lacrosse and field hockey, and if if you're really looking for basketball games, a lot of that does come from TNT and TBS. Fox had uh, the Purdue game on the other day, so. and they had Iowa and Caitlin Clark. Yeah, so, and, I mean, uh, as, NBC is missing from this. Clearly, they they're still gonna keep pushing Peacock. Yes. Yeah, but and what, CBS. Yeah. Aside so, from uh, Sunday Night Football, what does NBC even host? Sports? Well, uh, the Olympics. Olympics. Oh, uh, oh, which <laughs> which by the way, they're already telling us if you want to watch it's the Olympics, you got to buy Peacock. Yeah, that's what it's gonna all be as far as I mean, but that also they, we already did that with the Chiefs game. That's the way that things are going. I'll tell you if you really want to see something cool. You grab a ticket to Glennon Live, which is taking place Saturday, April 6th at Chaffetz Arena. They did this last year for the very first time, so this is the second annual. And it is really a -a one-of-a-kind entertainment experience because not only are you going to get an exclusive concert featuring Zach Brown Band, and he puts on a fantastic show. But you also get to be there to celebrate the patients and the families and the caregivers of Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital, the first freestanding Catholic pediatric hospital in the country. I mean, that's really what the hospital is known for, is just for the excellence in pediatric health care, not only here in Missouri and Illinois, but beyond. And I think what people tend to forget, because sometimes you see commercials for other places saying, oh, we never turn a kid away. Well, guess what? Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital doesn't either. They don't turn away a child. They don't say, no, you can't have that therapy because it's too expensive and insurance doesn't cover it. Kids get exactly the care they need. Parents get the love and attention they need. And part of that is thanks to the Cardinal Glennon Children's Foundation that was established years ago to make sure they didn't turn any child away. You can learn more about all of the great things that the Cardinal Glennon Children's Foundation has done and even participate and grab a ticket to Glennon Live. You can find all that information at Glennon.com. entertainment news. Demi Moore revealed on the Drew Barrymore show this week that she still has the clay models she made with Patrick Swayze on the set of Ghost. And she recalled filming their iconic scene from the film. She says, I still have my little pots that I made, which are pitiful. They're like the saddest looking things, but I thought that was kind of cool. She kept those? Yeah. 
That's interesting. I thought so, too. Quentin Burnson, the writer and star of Abbott Elementary, once worked uh, at the Apple Store. She said, I was at the Genius Bar, but I was uh, a family room specialist. So I would fix phones, iPods, iPads, adding that computers were for the big boys. And she said that she could still do a thing or two with an iPhone, and she even helps her Abbott Elementary castmates with their devices. That's so funny. Isn't it? Very funny. Usher says 2024 Super Bowl halftime show will pay tribute to the black artists who came before him. Hmm. He said he's thinking about all of the R&B performers who I can carry in this moment. And by the way, he just announced a tour and Enterprise Center is on that list. He'll be here Saturday, October 26th. I don't think we realize how many songs we know. Oh, no, I know. I know. My wife was telling me the other day how obsessed she was with Usher back in the day. Connor McCarthy, Heidi Glaus, do you guys think that Lil John will be there? I think there's going to be several surprise guests. And there's a uh, commercial where, is it a... Uh... Usher's in the Uber Eats commercial. Right, yeah, but he's Eats also one. in another... There's an Apple commercial that... Um, I'm drawing up... Taraji P. Hensi. Is it ludicrous? No. Somebody else, there's two other people in it, and they're saying they're calling uh, the head of Apple, Tim, Tim Cook, Cook, and they're going, We've lost Usher. He's MIA. Oh, and yeah. it's kind of like, Okay, you know, these two guys are going to come out with Usher, right? Right? I'm trying to think of who it was. I'll have to look it up. So Lil John Ludacris was on that song, too. Okay, well, then it was, okay. Yeah. Well, Lil John, yeah. Lil John probably not that busy, right? He doesn't. <laughs> oh, I know. That's I don't true. know what else he's got. Well, Ludacris is in those Geico commercials now or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, you mentioned this the other day, but Joe Rogan signed a new Spotify deal worth a reported $250 million, million. which is just crazy. Jelly Row and Tori Kelly will serve as mentors on the new season of American Idol. He is everywhere. And then finally, some celebrity birthdays today. Ashton Kutcher. 46. Chris Rock is 59. Garth Brooks is 62. James Spader is 64. And my mom, the beautiful Jill Glouse, is 77. Oh, today? Today, we're going to go celebrate that woman uh, as soon as I get off the air. Why'd you bury the lead? I did, didn't I? That's your evening entertainment report here on the Big 550 KTRS. All right, it's 5.52. Let's get one final check of traffic from Captain Paul Kopsky. We are accident-free right now, Heidi. There is a stalled vehicle with a police vehicle behind it on 170 South at Forest Park Parkway. Another stalled car on the shoulder on 44 West past Broadway. 55 South is running mostly clear from Carondelet to Rivas Barracks. 64 West is on the move at Kings Highway but slows down at Hampton. And 70 West is a bit slow near Wright City. This traffic report is brought to you by Total Seal STL. Do you have cracks and leaks in your air ducts at home? costing you money you need totalclstl.com totalclstl.com will make your air ducts more energy efficient clean and comfortable call 314-673-2020 for an at-home consultation 314-673-2020 from the ktrs traffic center i'm captain paul kopsky on the big 550 ktrs all right let's uh wrap this show up so i can go celebrate my mama got a Uh, random or two happy birthday again to heidi's mom um, less than 1% of people in China are left-handed, or at least that's what they admit. 
it's considered a biological flaw in China if you're left-handed. So people won't admit it. And they train themselves to do things with their right hands. Well, years ago, it was looked upon uh, negatively even here. I think sinister. But I've always wanted to be left-handed. Really? Yeah, I wanted to be a left-handed pitcher. Sinister is Latin for left-handed. See? Uh, Less than 1% of people in China, 10% of people, studies show, are left-handed. So there's 9% of people in China. My nephew's left-handed. Who are fake. Does he fake it? Does he fake writing? He sure doesn't. He (laughs) leans right into it, and I'm proud of him. All right, that does it for us on this Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with us, and hopefully you'll come back and do the same thing starting at 3 o'clock tomorrow. And until then, see if you can put a smile on somebody's face. Whatever gets you through the night.